Hi, this is Marika Olberg. I'm a senior fellow in the Asia program at the German Marshall Fund. Hi, this is Mary Gallagher. I am a professor of political science at the University of Michigan. And I'm here talking with Marika about the detention of the, well, not the detention, we actually don't know, the uh, status of the um, top Chinese tennis player, Peng Shui, who a few weeks ago at the beginning of November accused Zhang Gaoli, one of the former Politburo Standing Committee members of sexual assault. Um, Marike did a really interesting Twitter thread a few days ago on the, the status of, of Peng and, and also particularly the Chinese media's um, dealing of the, the, the issue. So um, Marike, could you just talk a little bit about the Twitter thread? Um, sure. So in, initially, before we've had some of the other reactions, like the, the IOC talking to Peng Shui, um, CGTN came out with a tweet saying, you know, CGTN has learned that Peng Shui has um, contacted the Women's Tennis Association saying she's fine, back off, you know, don't keep, I want my privacy. And um, I, I, I basically wrote a threat explaining how, you know, because people always say that Chinese authorities are bad at the external messaging and this is tone deaf and nobody's going to believe that. And this was a really good example of, you know, this is not so much tone deaf as it is a projection of power because nobody in China is going to read this, you know, this, this message and say, oh, great, Peng Shui is fine, right? The credibility in China is as low as it would be for most other audiences. So the idea is to signal that it's now time to please shut up about this case. And my, my, my point, one of the points I made was that Chinese authorities, even though now we're seeing the opposite, actually had good reason to believe that perhaps, yeah, perhaps the WTA would shut up about it because in previous cases, it's worked as well. You know, there's been very timid reactions to some people disappearing and basically Western organizations or international organizations simply accepting what they were told um, from 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 anything from you know Uyghurs disappearing in, in, into into camps to you know um, the former president of the former top guy of Interpol disappearing and sending his letter of resignation from China um, and 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 Interpol basically said okay I guess he resigned right so. The, the reaction has often been timid, um, and therefore there's reason to believe that maybe people would simply go along with this, right? Exactly. So what do you make of this today, this morning, at least in the East Coast USA, it was it was this morning that I saw it, was the, um, the IOC released uh, a photo and a summary of a 30-minute video call that they apparently had with Peng sometime in the, the last 24 hours. Do you take this to be a sign that the IOC is is basically doing the work of the, the Chinese government in terms of maybe yeah. signaling to other people not to not to stop talking about this? I haven't been I haven't been impressed at all by the IOC in, in the saga because their initial reaction to the CGTN message was, oh, we're reassured. Or they, they basically signaled they were reassured that she was supposedly fine. But then when the WTA did not play along in this game, of course, Chinese media and in some cases, people working for Chinese media, not but not directly through their media account, started posting all these other messages. And still, people weren't buying into the fact that she was all fine. And now 
they felt, I, I guess Chinese authorities felt that they would need to bring out a video. And of course, they didn't pick the WTA, which would have been, you know, the right partner to contact here. But the IOC, where they assumed that um, they would go along because they have gone along with it in the past. They have, you know, great stakes in making sure that the Olympics go ahead as planned, um, the Winter Olympics in Beijing. So I, I think that's quite intentional to, to pick that partner. To reassure people, I don't know. I don't know if you have a, a different take, but um, that's that's how I read it. I I agree. I mean, I agreed with your take initially, and that's why um, I think we're having this conversation after I retweeted the initial thing that you said, um, and I related it to research by Haifeng Huang on um, the use of hard propaganda, and he shows that hard propaganda is really not there to. Um, convince you that the propaganda is right. It's actually to show you that Chinese media outlets and the propaganda department more generally um, can outright lie and um, and it can demonstrate its power by doing that. Um, so whether, you know, Pang is fine and whether she wants her privacy respected, I mean, we don't know because nobody has heard her, her voice directly. Um, and even if we were to hear her voice right now, we would assume that she was under some kind of coercion to not talk about the case, because clearly we all what we can all agree upon, I think, is that the case of her accusation of Zhang Li may not be discussed, must not be discussed openly. Um, and it's interesting to see this attempt not only to keep it quiet in China, which is very easy for them to do, but also to keep it quiet um, externally. We are running out of time because this is a six minute conversation, which is extremely short, but um, do you anticipate this will ha 